Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. My fellow Chelsea supporters, welcome to the Blue Day podcast. I am your host, the man with the face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. To join me on this episode today is, of course, my co-host. He's your friend of mine. He's the man living it large up north. It's Warren. Warren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Keith. Welcome viewers. Uh, Well, welcome listeners. Welcome viewers. Um, I hope you've all had a good weekend. It was a positive one with regards to the football, of course, which we're going to dive into. But yeah, welcome. Not positive with lockdown, but we'll try and not talk about politics too much we're not, on this we're not in uh, particular yet. episode. We're not in lockdown just yet. <laughs> However, with regards to lockdown, I just want everyone to, you know, keep staying safe. Keep being positive and we will get through this. It's just taking longer than what people obviously assumed it would. But let's just hope that over Christmas time, we will still be able to spend time with our loved ones over the festivities. But talking of loved ones, always love an away performance, Warren. And the one on Saturday against that grim, horrible lot up North Burnley, you know, you can't get any better than that really a nice professional performance yeah. yeah yeah it was it was a thoroughly enjoyable performance I um I kind of anticipated that Werner may have been rested which he was going to be until Pulisic pulled up in warm-up I hope that was I hope that's very precautionary rather than uh, like needs must kind of thing um I hope it was just wanted to take extra care of him because he's had a lot of injuries and stuff so hoping that he's going to be back, hoping he's still sort of at full fitness for midweek, really. But um, yeah, really good, positive lineup. I was pleased to see Mount come. But playing in that slightly deeper role with Kante in behind him and Havertz in front of him, he really, really blossomed in that role. He, you know, he dictated the pace of the game at times. He got his foot in, he spread the ball well. He was a threat going forward. There was a few chances that he had that he could have done a bit better with, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Mount was really, really good. Kante was just, you know, exemplary as always. Uh, looked pretty solid at the back. We got caught out with one angled ball at nil-nil. Um, Zuma got caught a little bit, but that's what Burnley do really, really well. That's what their, that's what their, their professional, that's what their profession is. You know, playing balls like 
that. So uh, Silva and Zuma were really, really good. Chilwell, again, just fits into the team like a glove. And then, obviously, moving on to, you know, your Havertz and your Werner and your Zayic. And, you know, Hudson-Odoi drifted in and out of the game at times. Um, felt he could have done a bit more. But, yeah, it was a really, really good performance. We kept the ball really well. We always looked like a threat going forward. Just... At, well, yeah, it was like the complete performance. It was very, very similar to the, the Palace and the Krasnodar game. Yeah, we played really, really, really well. It was really. I know that you. Uh, I know that you went retro on Saturday, Keith. I know that you waited for match of the day in in your own sort of protest to the the pay per view uh, debacle that is going on. I mean, how did you find it? Obviously, see only seeing match of the day, but I'm sure I know that you read a lot of reports, and I know that you've done a lot of. Um, research on the game over the last couple of days. So what did you make of it? Well, I just want to start off by saying that um, fuck the whoever decided to go with pay-per-view option. And I hope that <laughs> a lot of the Chelsea supporters boycotted it. Yeah. Uh, I had my reasons why I boycotted it. And it was the first time in over a year that I have not watched Chelsea live, either on telly or actually been at the stadium it's the first time that has happened for a long time so I was a little bit pissed off with it but I, again I had my reasons so uh, in regards to Sky and BT and the Premier League f- fuck them <laughs> but um, <laughs> no I, I did go retro I did decide to wait until half 10 uh, for match of the day and then I was a bit annoyed that I had to wait uh, to see the Chelsea game because yeah. they had the uh, Liverpool game on first, which I thought was a lot shittier than our game. Uh, and especially considering that wasn't one of the games that was on pay-per-view. That was one of the games that is more easily available to a lot of fans on Saturday because it was on Sky Sports, wasn't it? Just That's correct, Sky- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Um, but no, I decided to wait till match of the day and... I saw the lineup. wasn't really surprised. You know, I know we, we discussed, predicted Werner would have a rest. I firstly thought he wouldn't, but, you know, needless to say, he did. He went with Tammy and, you know, listen, Tammy, I know it sounds silly, Tammy looks like a new man at the moment. He looks actually was, rejuvenised with looks, having competition. Do you know what I've, I've, I've seen with Tammy is something that a lot of people pointed out and I felt um, that Tammy's not the best at holding the ball up and linking the play and everything like that. And I've kind of always thought that actually he is. He's just never quite had the opportunity in the formation and the players around him to actually do it. And I think he's showing that in the last couple of games, is he set up, was it Pulisic in midweek and he set up Zayic. He didn't look too much of a threat himself. I think he needs to work on the balance of linking the play and still being that option in behind and being a goal-getter because Tammy still needs to score 20-plus goals a season like he did last season to have a chance to get in, in the team. Um, but he's still so young and he's still learning so much. You know, like hudson Adoy's still a teenager as well. So I was really pleased to see Tammy come in and I think he played well. And I think that he was, more than anything else, he was kind of like the invisible option that as, as fans we don't perhaps see, but Burnley players being the professional players they are were aware of him all the time and I think that gave Zayic and Werner and Havertz the space to work in and yeah Tammy was class on Saturday I'm glad you mentioned that actually because I forgot to mention Tammy so yeah it was a good observation well it was good to see Tammy how he played with 
that sort of presence he had up front. I know he did that against Krasnodar a little bit, but mm. obviously against Burnley it was it was more seen, it was more sort of looked at. And yeah, giving Werner a, a, a little bit of a rest, all right, he did have to come on because Pulisic was uh, injured in the warm-up, but the intent was there to give Werner a break. And I I do actually think... That without, was... ta- without Tammy, sorry to cut you off there, Keith, but without Tammy... If, if Christian Pulisic's injury is merely a precaution, without Tammy there being able to fill those boots and play that role, he may have been forced to risk Pulisic from the start and risk injuring him for a longer period of time. Yes, yes. of course. Uh, so, looking at the Wren game, I know we're going a little bit um, fast forward here, but looking into the Wren game, it wouldn't surprise me if Werner was on the bench for that one. Because I do believe Frank is potentially looking at giving certain players a rest. And, 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 you know, and also the interesting thing is, is that the players that he's picking to come on are actually making an impact. Whereas last season, you know, you couldn't say that a, a lot about the players. So that is one big positive out of it. The one positive that I saw from the match of the day highlights was how much of a presence Thiago Silva has been and not just Mm. the calmness that he provides at the back. I know against West Brom he made a mistake and everyone's entitled to them and I know against certain teams you know we haven't been completely solid. We've been solid for the last four or five games which has been good but it made such a difference and I was wary of that when we signed him because of his age and because of his... I thought that he was just decreasing in his ability a little bit. But so far, Lampard is using him wisely. Yeah. He's using him in the games that I believe are more suited to his game than others. But I think that Mendy is getting confidence from his defence in front of him, knowing that he's got someone like Thiago Silva, who's won everything... We 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 touch upon Mendy there, who's been you know really good. He he's done he's done all the basics and he's made a few really good saves as well. And he's a calm presence. And you know when he picks up the ball with both his hands, you can't see the ball because his hands are so fucking big. It's ridiculous. But uh, you know I think that huge credit has to go to Mendy and huge credit has to go to Lampard and the club for signing Mendy at the moment. Of course it does. And huge credit has to go to signing Thiago Silva and stuff like that. But again, it begs the question of how and I mean I know that Kepa made a lot of mistakes but uh, you know when he had Emerson and Alonso and Zuma and Christiansen and Rudiger and people just making nothing but mistakes in front of him it's like hardly that much of a surprise so like you say bringing in Silva I think also bringing in Chilwell it's just it's such a better balance now it's you know we was always it was either Emerson or Alonso so we lost a little bit of something even though we gained having a something having Alonso on the pitch we still lost something in having him on the pitch now whereas with Chilwell we have that balance and he balances our team out and you know he's left it as for the quitter hasn't got to go across there to make it solid and you know then puts the balance of the team out with a right footed player over there obviously Zayec and Werner and Havertz are starting to get the full fitness Odoi Pulisic are getting there as well um Kante's had a proper rest for the first time in his career, probably. And everything's just starting to click into pay- place now. But yeah, it was it was very pleasing to see how we defended against Sevilla and Burnley in particular. Man United can be very dangerous. I mean, like, you know, they can also not be very dangerous as well. They're very inconsistent, obviously, at the minute. But 
keeping them clean sheets is obviously the big thing moving forward. I well, think we kind of needed we needed them two really negative performances almost against Sevilla and Man United just to get that balance to move forward. And then since then we scored seven goals, you know. So I will make a prediction now that Chilwell will make well over two hundred Chelsea appearances in his career. He has been an absolute breath of fresh air on that left hand side. I'm not taking nothing away from Marcos Alonso. For one season he was a fantastic servant. But in as, these, a wing, not as, a, as a wing back, yeah. as a yeah. wing back. But as the seasons that followed, I believe he has been found out and his performances yeah. and his overall play yeah. got a little bit stale. It so to like, have. It would be like putting Victor Moses at right back, though. You think, we think of Alonso as more of a defender who became a left wing back and Victor Moses as a right wing forward who became a right wing back. But it's not really. Alonso was always an attack minded, left sided player. And, you know, he, he varied his position throughout his career. Um, but the wing back was his option. So maybe we've always been, I think we've been a bit harsh with Marcus Alonso. I also happen to really like Marcus Alonso. He's somebody that I have a soft spot for anyway. But he was never a defender. He was always being played out of position, always. So, but yeah, you're right. That, the balance that he, Chilwell brings to the side is, yeah. You're talking about Marcus Alonso. I will always have a soft spot for him for his brilliant header against Arsenal at Stamford Bridge when he pretty much battered Hector Bellerin on the floor, didn't get a foul, and he celebrated like <laughs> it was the best header in English football. And it, that <laughs> sort of celebration, yeah. I, I saw that as, well done, son, superb. You know, yes, it was a bit of a shame he, he, you know, it went past uh, Petr Cech, but... You know, his, his overall expression after the game was brilliant. So, uh, yeah, I have a soft spot for Marcos Alonso, but unfortunately, he is in that David Luiz category. He had one good season playing in a certain position, playing in a certain way, and he got caught out the season after. You know, um, who yeah. was that guy who sung the song, I Am The One And Only? Was it Chesney Hawks? The yeah. one-hit wonder? Possibly. Right. Well, that's what Marcus Alonso reminds me of. You know, he had one good season, and so since that particular period, it sort of went a little bit awry. You know, a bit like Victor Moses as well. He had that one good season with us in 2016, 2017. You know, completely different player. You know, bearing in mind when he was at Wigan, he was a young lad, even at Palace. So A lot of of them went through Palace. Yes, so... You know, but back to Chilwell, fan- fantastic to see him with consistent performances. You know, and I've, I, I look at the squad that was played against Burnley, you know, and I look at the likes of Kante actually playing in his favoured position. And by himself, he's usually got someone next to him as well, but he didn't. Mount played ahead of him. And Kante um, looks like the former Kante of old. Yeah. Definitely. Mount, they're still questioning his attributes. There are actually some that are questioning why he's in the team. And the fact that I remember, Warren, that when Barkley was put out on loan earlier this you know, this season, people were saying that, oh, Mason Mount should have been uh, sent out on loan. You know, Mason Mount, what does he bring to the team? Mount this season, how I believe, is becoming a man from last season. He has stepped up. And he is one of the lieutenants that Lampard 
is relying on. Well, again, well, again, this is this, this is the thing. You just got to look at the, the people that question Mount are the people that question Lampard. Um, I think it's fair to say that a lot of the high percentage of people that don't support Matt support Lampard as well. Uh, Mason Mount is a mainstay in the Chelsea team. He's a regular in the England squad and he starts and comes on nearly every single time he's in the England squad. Gareth Southgate's a huge admirer of him. Um, His fellow professionals from other teams. I was watching a a clip on Sky Sports recently and they was talking to players from Leicester and I think they went to Aston Villa and then it might have even been a Soccer AM thing. And um, obviously a lot of people at Soccer AM are Chelsea fans, so they mentioned, uh, Mason Mount got mentioned, you know, people talked about Tammy's goals and Reese James breaking through and, you know, like the chances that Loftus-Cheek didn't seem to get. And then they were saying about Mason Mount and what a terrific footballer he is and his attitude towards the game and he works so hard and he's just a lovely lad as well, apparently. But with regards to him, people thinking he shouldn't be in the team, I, I don't really know what else to say. I don't know whether I'm watching a different game to them or whatever, because... I don't understand what game they're fucking watching because Mason Mount is a fantastic footballer and he's playing really well and he plays in different positions every week and like I say, the work ethic that he puts in and you've got to remember that some people are in the team. Some people get into great teams on their work rate alone not and they don't necessarily have the attributes or the skills of a Mason Mount. Mason Mount has those attributes and them skills and that work ethic and he, he's still so young and he still has so much to learn. He still has to find his perfect position and try and integrate himself into the team like that but we've gone out and spent 250 million pound on players to add to people like Abraham and Giroud and Hudson-Odoi and Kovacic and Jorginho and people like that and Mount is still starting every week so it's like I don't know what else he can do it's one of them things that nothing I say is ever going to be able to prove how brilliant he is to these don't think that Mason Mount should be in the team because they have their views and they're in title to their opinions but they're piss fucking ignorant and they're wrong because Mason Mount is an absolutely fantastic footballer end of discussion move on we will move on because I would like yeah. to actually talk about Hakim Ziyech another yeah. goal for him yes well, took it superbly well you know yes I think that people gave the goalkeeper a hard time for that he was unsighted which Ziyech knew Ziyech knew he could play it through the legs of the defender which he did and he placed it far. Okay, so the keeper's positioning might not have been great, but you know it was such quick and intricate football. I think that's a really, really lovely goal. I do like the whole build-up, the finish, everything about it was lovely. But sorry, yeah. Well, he, did, he like to carry on about Zayat. Well, I never hear enough of it. <sighs> I believe he's given Frank more food for thought because why leave him out the team? Against Krasnodar, hmm. he done very well. Against Burnley, he done fitness, fitness and fatigue. Fitness and fatigue might be a bit of an issue at this point of the season because he's like, like we discussed on the last podcast, he's been out for a long time. He has, and with rotation being a big thing, you know, we've got two games now before the international break in Wren and Sheffield United. Wouldn't surprise me if. Hakim features in both games. I have no, no doubt he'll feature in both games. It just depends on whether he'll start. But you look at the performances of Hakim Ziyech, you look at the performances of Tammy, Tiago, Kanta. There's so many at the moment. It's, well, what I've no- what, it's what starting I've to chill. Anything. What I've noticed, and Werner might be the slight exception to this, because Werner is a bit more likely to have a shot from 20-25 yards. He's, he's still not prone to doing it but he's a bit more likely than the other players I'm going to mention but 
what I think Zayec brings to the team, and this is something I mentioned against Krasnodar, do you remember what I said about he's the option to shoot from 25, 30 yards, right? What, what that does is, because if you look down our left, we've got players Pulisic, Hudson Adoy and Werner, all their favourite position is playing in from the left, right? But none of them are particularly prone to cutting inside from 25, 30 yards. That's when they pass inside, like you were saying about Hudson Adoy, he comes back inside and he passes. Zayech, what he looks to do, is actually have a shot. Now, what that does is, when he, when he cuts inside a central midfielder and a fullback, and looks like he's shaping up to have a shot, not only are them two players coming towards him, but one of the centre-backs is going to step out as well. And what I've noticed is that's leaving so much space for a Reese James to run into. And the amount of times we got in, it never quite 100% worked, really, apart from for the goal when, he, we, when the goal came from the right-hand side, Zayech's goal. It never really quite worked 100%, but that is an option that we didn't have last season because both of our players, we'd always see it, we'd have a player wide out on the right and then Aspidic or Reese James following them and there was times that it worked but it was too easy to see us down into the corner and then force us to play back out and then we've nullified our attack from that. Whereas now Kazajic is cutting inside and giving us so many more options just with his, his style of play and his attitude towards the game, it's really, really exciting to see. And Warren, just to complete this notion uh, of what we're talking about here, I think that the performances of Hakim Ziyech, the performances of even Callum Hudson-Odoi as well, with Pulisic looking to try and keep his form going, because at the moment he's in and out of the team with injury. But my point is is that there's no regrets. There, there should be no doubt. There should be no regrets in people's minds that Lampard was wrong to get rid of a William. Well, at the end of the day, William is no longer... I can't, I can't. I can't remember a time. I can't remember a time in nearly the last ten years that a player over thirty has been offered a more than one year contract at Chelsea. And William was offered a two year contract. Chelsea broke their own rules. Chelsea did the one thing that I never thought they would do and offer him a two year contract. He wanted a three year contract. It was slightly greedy with the young players coming through and the money that we're spending. I I do wish that he would have stayed. Um, I think he could have brought a lot to us. But I don't think it's Lampard or the club's mistake. I think it's one of them situations where William kind of wanted wanted what he wanted and we wasn't prepared to offer offer him that and I, I stand by the club for that I do I really really stand by the club for that we went Hudson Odoi stayed we had already bought Ziyech we've gone well, out and bought Werner have this, a... no I was just I was just going to say this is my point you know we have got players that have come through and I'm a little bit different to you I don't actually think William was brilliant last season I thought he I thought he was a bit of a letdown but there are many Chelsea fans, and you saw it as well as I did on social media and with Chelsea fans criticising the club for getting rid of a William, you know, and not giving him what William wanted. Well, I'm sorry, but is he really pulling up trees at Arsenal at this moment in time? No. And the, you look at the performances and the style of play that we're implementing, we're not missing William at all, I don't believe. So, again, another player that we've let go. I don't think, I don't think we're missing William now. I think that there was maybe an argument to be made at the start of the season when Odoi wasn't in the team, um, Pulisic wasn't fit, Zayek wasn't fit, um, and a few other things. I think there was a time at the start of the season against Brighton, Liverpool, even against um, Sevilla at times, where, where he could have fit into the team and he could have brought a lot to the team. But I still definitely don't think... It's a mistake. I'm happier with the players that we've got now than William and Pedro, and that is in no disrespect to both of them because I would applaud both of them coming back to the bridge. I thank them both for their service. They were both fantastic players, 
and brought a lot of joy and success to our club. But I'm more happy with what we've got now. I mean, aren't you, Keith? Are you happier with what we've got now? Well, this is this is my whole point. I believe we have strengthened in that particular area from last season. You know, Pedro wasn't getting a lot of game time. They're 10 years younger now. They're ten, our options are now 10 years younger. Yes, I believe looking at the future, we have enhanced from last season in that department. So I just, it, it just pisses me off, folks, when something happens whereby a player's leave, a, a player's left, or we've brought a player in and there's already negative comments. There's already, you know, oh, well, he's not the same as this guy. Oh, well, this guy made 200 odd appearances. Oh, he's done brilliant. And Jesus fucking Christ, give people a chance. Well, as you know, Keith, I mean, with my overly positive frame of mind, and I do appreciate listeners and Keith, yourself, and uh, my friends and family who I rant about football to all the time, I do appreciate that I'm an overly positive person, and sometimes that's extremely frustrating because sometimes you just want to say, well, that was fucking shit, wasn't it? And sometimes you just need someone to say, yeah, do you know what? That was dog shit, wasn't it? And I do understand that. And I am like that sometimes. I do appreciate I'm an overly positive person. But you're right, Keith. It's the negativity. You can imagine that it gets to you a little bit. It gets to me probably even more because I'm an extra positive person, which is something that I accept. You know, I accept a certain amount of negativity about my positive attitude all the time. Um, But, yeah, it is extremely frustrating, especially when I don't understand how people complain. Yes, Look, look, I've just made my point about William. I would applaud if he came back in an Arsenal shirt when he walked out. I would clap him. I would say that right now. Um, fantastic servant to our club. Fantastic song came to us in brilliant circumstances. Um, scored two against Tottenham last year, and I was there in their new toilet, and that was absolutely fantastic. Has brought me incredible memories. But look at who we've signed. Werner is just better than William. That's just how it is. And he's ten years younger, and he can bring more to our club. It's as simple as that. So. Fuck everyone's negativity because we're going to win the league. Well, I'm glad you've mentioned that because we actually had a conversation this morning uh, while I was having brunch and you was uh, doing what you need to do. We was actually talking about how this league has become so open mm. and how and so competitive. It's become competitive and not open. Yeah, yeah, and not open. And and this is the thing it hasn't become really open because teams are not as good as last season and team and the lockdown and this and blah blah it's just that it's so much more competitive you know the teams that stayed up last season that came up the season before Aston Villa and Sheffield United they've improved like Sheffield United have had a bit of a bad start to the season but if you look at Aston Villa and how well they're doing how well Leeds are doing Wolves have improved again Leicester look a strong outfit again um, Man City apart from their one really poor performance against Leicester have been pretty good um, Liverpool are still picking Picking up the wins, um, so it's ultra competitive. Look how brilliant Southampton are at the minute. Danny Ings has scored as many goals as any other Englishman in however long it's been the last twelve months or whatever this year or whatever it is. And James Ward-Prowse is free kicks yesterday, and yeah, so it's a very very competitive league. And I do think that Chelsea have actually got a bit more of a chance of winning the league than I thought that we did at the start of the season because of how competitive it is. What I will say is people saying that Tottenham are going to win the league. Right, <laughs> <laughs> just for start. Right, but secondly, another reason they won't win the league is because they don't deserve to win the fucking league because they're a bunch of diving, cheating, trying to get penalty cunts. Yesterday, Harry Kane, right, who is the world's most blatant 
diver. He's always, always, always done it the way that he rolls over to get a free kick to make it look like he's been fouled. Not only did he foul Lalani yesterday and manage to get a penalty, but in the second half, there was about four or five instances of Tottenham players blatantly diving to try and get penalties. And then they conceded a goal because they was too busy. They was too busy bitching at the fucking referee to notice Eric Lamberty walk into the penalty box and they're all sat there fucking whinging and moaning about it and yes it probably was a foul yes it probably should have been disallowed but you know what the blatant diving that was going on from fucking Tottenham players yesterday they should have had six men left on the fucking field because it was an absolute fucking disgrace and I understand that players go down very easy in the in a day of VAR there only needs to be that little bit of contact and blah blah and all the rest of it and I can understand seeing contact coming and anticipating it and then going down un- under that right this whether I agree with it or like it or not it's in the game and I accept it right whether I like it is a different thing but I accept it but what Tottenham were doing yesterday honestly and I'm glad they brought this up on match of the day I don't give match of the day a lot of credit but I watched match of the day too last night and even they were saying it was an absolute disgrace and they were trying to rob themselves penalties and the fact that it was Martin Keown said it perfectly he said I'm going to get a lot of stick for this but that's dangerous play from Harry Kane on the line because he's looking at him and then he's waited for him to jump and he's backed into his legs and gone underneath him he said he could have really really hurt he said he's seen players even in training get really really hurt doing shit like that because they're not jumping for the ball thinking oh it's training I'm going to take it light but they back into the player and one person does jump who is being competitive in training and he said he's seen Injuries be caused. So it's dangerous play from Harry Kane. And Tottenham got a fucking penalty. And I'm not going to talk about VAR. I'm not going to talk about the referees. I'm just talking about why Tottenham ain't going to win it. Because the only way they can beat fucking Brighton is by trying to cheat their way through the fucking game and bitch and moan their way through the game and trying to get stuck into the referee and everything, trying to influence his decision. So fuck them. Fuck Mourinho. Fuck Kane. Fuck Son. Fuck Bale. He looks like a fucking elf from Lord of the Rings. Fuck them all. They ain't gonna win shit. Like they win. They're gonna win the same as what they win every other fucking season. You mark my words. Fuck them. Have you banged your toe on the door? No, I've fucking worked up a bit now though. I don't. I just fucking. It was just so blatant yesterday. Like I say, people will talk about. People will mention Salah and the way that he went down against West Ham and. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was a soft one. And again, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I accept that that's part of the game. But if you watch that in comparison to in the second half yesterday, there was a moment when Tottenham were on the attack and Brighton players really, really kicked off about it. It was at 1-0, I think. And, and Son and Kane both went down in really quick succession. And if you look at... I mean, Harry Kane, right? Nobody made contact with him. And he's jumped on the floor and done his little tuck and roll. And he's put in a face like he's been shot, grabbing hold of his ankle. Now, how's that not simulation? How's he not got booked? For, uh, VAR have checked it for a penalty, by the way. So once VAR have seen that it's not a penalty, how is that not simulation of a yellow card? That's what I don't understand. And I'm not saying Tottenham are getting treated like, you know, they're, they're getting let off with more things or whatever, or blah, blah. I'm just saying to the rules of the game, I don't understand how that's not yet. I don't understand how they're not being punished for trying to cheat. Because that is all they were doing. They were literally... Five or six occasions yesterday, they was trying to cheat. Not trying to gain the advantage, not play, not making the most of the rules. Cheating. They won't win fuck all, because one of their players will get injured and they'll be fucked. Gareth Bale will find a nice golf course soon. What do you think of them, Keith? Do you think that do you think they're looking good? Do you think they can push for the title? I mean, I know that it's a very open oh. season and we must expect the unexpected, but I mean, really, do you see, like? 
No, I, I really don't give a fuck. The one thing that I really do not wish to happen is that Tottenham become successful and we hear the king's penis of punditry lap it up. in a good mood this morning. Keeps in a good mood this morning. Tottenham and successful in the same sentence. Fucking hell. I just don't want to hear the king penis of punditry lapping it up like he did a couple of years ago when Spurs were in the Champions League final and he, you know... Obviously wanted to be part of that, and yeah, what a cock. Um, listen, anyway, this isn't the Tottenham show, this is the Blue Day podcast, so let's stick with the pride of London, let's stick with the West Londoners, let's stick with our boys, shall we? We've got a game on Wednesday against Rene, as yeah. I like to call him, against Rene, uh, Mendy's yes, old at team. The, at, the preferred, at the preferred TV time slot of 8pm. Well, and also the fact that unless you're already paying for BT Sport, you don't have to pay extra for this game. So yes. that's not that's not too bad either. Well, I have, have a, I have a BT subscription, fortunately. So this end as well. But against Ren, I'm expecting another win. I know this. I know it sounds quite easy to say it now, but we're on form. I expect Lampard to. We keep. must continue. We must. We must. We continue. must continue it. Yes. We must we must continue. At the moment, we're somewhat, and I don't say this sort of like over the top, but we're somewhat riding the crest of a wave at the minute. Tails are up. We must make take advantage of it. We must use that positive attitude and use that to influence our intensity in the game. Um, I think our intensity levels against Burnley at times were a little bit low. I think that but Burnley looked a little bit flat. I think if Burnley were a lot more up for it Saturday, or if they would have played like there was a lot more up for it with their intensity I think they could have made it a very difficult game for us I don't think it was like a perfect performance I still think there's a lot of stuff there that Frank will see not necessarily that needs to be worked on but they haven't necessarily been tested yet and I think that Reading will present problems that we won't expect and stuff like that as fans at least you know the, the players and Frank and everything would expect them so I think it will be a difficult game um I think the the most important thing now, now that we've had a little run of clean sheets, a clean sheet is always massive, right? And if we got another clean sheet, that would be like, you know, the icing on the cake if we was to win as well. But I think now we need to concentrate on making sure the balance is always there against better sides and stuff like that and being able to create chances. Now that we know that we're not just going to make stupid mistakes and concede three, four, five, six goals a game and keep making these mistakes, I think that a clean sheet is kind of less important during the week. I think it's more about the performance and the result now. Um, but yeah, keep riding it and you know start the game well. I'd like to really, really see us start the game really positively and sort of go, sort of treat the start of the game how it would be when the Chelsea fans were there because. We're no two fast starters at Stamford Bridge. Any any big game at Stamford Bridge in the Champions League or the Europa League or the Cup Winners' Cup and other formats down the years, we kind of always get an early goal at Stamford Bridge. Napoli, Drogba in the first half. Barcelona, Drogba in the first half. Barcelona, them two times um, when we scored three goals in ten minutes in two separate matches, all in the first half. You know, so and, and various other games at Stamford Bridge where we started quickly as well. So I'd I'd very much like to see that. I'd very much like to see us get a really good start and get a couple of early goals, and yeah, you know, maybe rest a few people for Sheffield United because Sheffield United is going to be a tough game. They're going to be really, really up for that Sheffield United. One point so far this season, um, and even that was against Fulham. So I think Sheffield United are going to be really up for it. But I'm I'm expecting six points. However, if we don't 
get six points, I'm not necessarily going to be devastated. Because it is still very early days. And as much as I think that we've got a better chance of winning the league now than we did at the start of the season, I still don't think we're actually going to win the league. Hmm. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to I'm this. How, how, nice win. It? how nice is it? How nice is it looking forward to these games with these wins behind us now? Well, yes. And Ren is going to be a tough game. I know I did say that I'm expected to win and I, and I am expected to win. Ren will be a tough game, but we're on form. We've got a keeper yes. now that is able to keep clean sheets, unlike our predecessor, unlike his predecessor. We've people got certainly a, want to, people certainly want to play us now a lot less than they did six months ago. Agreed. It'll be interesting how the Seville Kresnodar game goes because I am expecting Seville to get six points out of that one as well. So ideally, I don't really want to be thinking about maybe getting two draws against Rain. You know, that will cause a bit of an issue. But no, I, I am honestly expecting a win. I think Havertz is slowly again making good progress. So it all looks very, very positive, unlike a certain team in Manchester, which looks fucking frighteningly terrible. But, you know, yeah, okay, a, a nice win against Rain, and obviously we'll, we will review that on the Blue Day podcast. But what I will say is that I am predicting a penalty, and I will make sure I get my reaction to the penalty, and I will make sure I put it up on the YouTube. We've had a few views on that recently on our YouTube, and if you haven't found us on YouTube, it's the Blue Day podcast and on Facebook and on Instagram is the Blue Day podcast and if you have any opinions or views that you'd like to air or if you disagree or agree with myself or Keith or if you like me and Keith or or dislike me and Keith whatever it may be please get in touch with us um, the Blue Day podcast at gmail.com we do try to air um, what our viewers think and we try to reply as often as we can Um, I know that we've had some good emails and from as far away as Australia Luke how are you going I hope that you're listening I hope you're doing well um, and as far away as America as well so keep getting around the YouTube channel give us a, a, a sub the, the more subs and likes and views that we get on YouTube the more the more uploads we're allowed to put on and the more privileges we get from YouTube so the better content we can make for you we can start doing better live streams and you know uploading more stuff so get around that and support that as best you can um, obviously Keep an eye on there for all the latest news regarding the upcoming interview with the legend that is Ron Chopper Harris. Um, that is going to be um, available to air um, quite shortly. There'll be further announcements Im- imminently throughout the week on all of the um, social media outlets, which is and also Keith, if you'd like to, I'd like if you'd like to take over and sort of give a quick mention to uh, some of the maybe not mention the names, but you know talk about the. Uh, some of the exciting things that might be coming up on the podcast um, this year and indeed early into next year. Well, I'm glad you've mentioned that. Um, regards to Ron Chopper Harris, that episode will be on next Friday, Friday the 13th, for all mm. you uh, people that love superstition. Superstition. That's the <laughs> that's the fucking word I was looking for. Thank you for that, Warren. Um, for those of you that obviously like Friday the 13th and the conspiracy theories and all that. Yes, we do have Ron Chopper Harris on the Blue Day podcast. Friday the 13th, that will be uploaded on iTunes and YouTube. And I also would like to give a special mention, a special shout out to Will, who's living in Indiana. 
at this moment in time. He is the one that sorted out a few of the pictures that we've uploaded recently. Of course, there was one of the, uh, the special guest announcement for Ron Chopper Harris that I uploaded. Very, very nice guy. So, you know, special mention to him. Top, top guy. And it is nice to actually get people that want to be part of this whereby you know a few months ago in fact no one fucking knew what the blue day podcast was yeah, so exactly. yeah so yeah, thanks, people... very, thanks very much will actually got in touch with us didn't he and said that he'd like to um showed us some of his some of his thumbnails some of his artwork and it was really really good and he said that um he gave us permission to use some of his bits and pieces and stuff so yeah thanks very much will thank you very much for supporting the blue day podcast and um if anyone needs any artwork or thumbnails done for their websites or their, their own little projects or just for their own amusement or whatever and um, get in touch with us blue day podcast at gmail.com and we'll happily pass on um will's details he does some really fantastic work and not just for sports as well you know he's you know he's really good at what he does we are sort of looking to do some more content with the blue day podcast we are looking to do more stuff on youtube facebook instagram the whole tog we're not looking to do tiktok someone did fucking ask me that the other day if I, we were looking yeah. to Something maybe in the future, off. maybe. maybe um, I'll let you do that one. That's that's yeah. that, that that one's not for me. If the demand, um, if, if the demand was high enough, it, it would certainly be something. <laughs> because today, as as much as as much as me and Keith um, do this podcast and we enjoy it and we get a lot of um, enjoyment and a lot of fun and you know a, a platform and an opportunity to express our opinions and stuff. And as much as much as that being said, we do, we do do it for our listeners as well. So if the demand was there. It would certainly be something that we'd look into for you, but um, yeah, for now, get around, get around the YouTube and the Instagram. But for now, it's just, it's yeah, next Friday. It's sort of like ten, ten, eleven days until the Chopper Harris interview. So excited for everyone to listen to that. Please, everyone, get in touch with you know, let us know how we did. Give us, try and make it constructive if you can. But you know, criticism is welcome. Um, and yeah, look forward to that. Other than that, was there anything? Was there anything else, Kiff? I think we've sort of covered everything today, haven't we? Warren, it's been great to see Chelsea finally keep consecutive clean sheets. It's great that Chelsea are also now scoring goals. It's great that Manchester United are fucking up as always. So let's just carry on with, with this form, shall we? Indeed. Brilliant. Well, Harry J and the All-Stars are going to sing us out as always. I have been Keith Lawrence. He's been Warren. Enjoy the rest of your day and carefree.
Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates. 